Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On this episode of Oklahoma Women Want to Know, it's a topic we've been wanting to talk about for a while. We want to hear from women who've overcome challenges in male-dominated fields and how they were able to climb the ladder to now inspire others. So joining us in the studio is Tulsa Fire Deputy Chief Julie Lynn, who's just back from Maryland, where she graduated from the National Fire Academy. We'll tell you what that's about in just a moment. You look like a badass, by the way, in your graduating picture. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll hear from her in just a moment. But first, I'm April Hill, the midday anchor and news director here at 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Jen Townley. I'm co-host on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. And I'm Crystal Kelly, a reporter here at KRMG. Okay, so Julie, did you grow up here? What's your background? So I did not. I grew up in Choctaw, Oklahoma, which is east of Oklahoma City. Uh, Played sports all my life, very active. Uh, Married my high school sweetheart from there. And he was actually interested in the fire department and was unsuccessful on getting hired with uh, the Oklahoma City metro area. And then he landed a job here with American Airlines, and I followed him up here after my uh, some graduate classes that I was taking and just found an ad in the newspaper, thought that sounds a great idea, and... Here I am. I found it in the newspaper and tried out the next day. <laughs> and what, how long ago was that? How many women were in the department? So that was March of 98 was when I got hired. And there were two other females that were hired previously. And I came on with a female. When they these two other women, what were their roles with the department? Were they firefighters as well? Or were they clerical? Or what did they do? So one was actual firefighter and then one was assigned to a 40-hour work week in uh, public education. Okay. And was that, what were some thoughts that went through your mind when, I mean, okay, let's talk. So you got to sleep with the guys in the same room. How does that work? Yeah. So uh, most of the older stations are set like a dormitory. So we've got all the beds are in one room and um, basically the restrooms were, they put doors and locks on when they hired more females. Um, and that one didn't go over too well with some of the men, you know, um, we had to battle their spouses, you know, because we had females sleeping in the same room with husbands and thought things were going to happen. And of course that's what, we weren't interested in that part of it. <laughs> so yeah, they're over there snoring and all kinds of stuff. And, and you're, you're like, tired, you're yeah. busy, you're, you're working so many hours on and so many hours off. Yes. When it's time to go lay down, it's time to just Lay yep. down. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a big adjustment for everybody, the men and the women hiring on. So, but it, it, it's been eye opening. And I think uh, the more women that we're hiring on and the newer stations that we're building are fe- for female specific, you know. Oh, like what? And so it's, it's been great to see how things progressed and it's getting better. So when you say female specific, what do you mean? Like, different? so now we've got, uh, we've got female restrooms in some of the stations and a lot of the stations now are more like cubicles. So you have your own bedroom kind of, and you have your own restroom that's assigned to that bedroom. It's not necessarily man, woman deal mm-hmm. because every shift we change and one shift may not have a female yeah, it uh, just gives you a little there, bit more so. privacy. More privacy. Just more privacy, yes. So, And it's more open for uh, any other people that want to come in. If we have got some, a big community event at one of the stations, they can just pick a restroom. They don't have to go 
to a gender-specific restroom. Yeah. So. so back then, it wasn't very common for women to be on in the department. Do you feel like, like, did you have any incidents where there were men that weren't very accepting of you coming up? Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> it's been a battle. Um, we've had some issues. Uh, like I say, they put doors and locks on the bathrooms. And so we've locked, you had to lock men out of their locker rooms and their restrooms and they had to remove their magazines. And um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was some that wouldn't even sleep in the same room as a female. So they slept in a, what we call a watch room. And back in the day when trucks go out on a call, you had to flip a switchboard and or answer special phone uh, phone calls at night. So they would sleep in what we called the watch room in case if if a female came to their station. I don't know if I would have lasted. <laughs> I mean, going to work every day where you know people don't want you there. I don't know. Was it like a any like kind of bullying aspect of it? Like or um, no, not really bullying. Sexual I mean, you harassment. Just, um, there was times, yes, <laughs> as any male dominated field. But uh, I think there was there was several guys that were accepting, and I think like let's say the times are getting better. But you you found those people that wanted you to be there, and you worked hard along with them, and they taught you the ropes. They taught you how to be a firefighter. It didn't matter what gender you were. So I greatly appreciate those mentors I had because if it wasn't been for them, I wouldn't be here today. So Not to put you on the spot with numbers, but do you know um, how many women are with the department now? So we have approximately 23. Okay. And we are fixing to hire another class, and this is probably the biggest hiring pool that we have of, of female selection. Okay, so we were talking with uh, a Tulsa Fire department official in the newsroom not too long ago, and he was talking about how they're trying to actively recruit more women, but he said one of the issues is, and it's the same in our, our industry, a lot of times women will get into the business before they start a family, yes. and then they have children, and I understand this, you don't want to be away from your children overnight. That's the same in our industry. You don't want to be away from your children. I mean, Jen has that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really... I like to, you know, when you have stories, assignments that are out of town, I've occasionally done the thing where, you know, you go and I've spent the night away from home, but I like to come back home. I like to be there for my children. So what was your experience with that? Did you ever have children or? So I've got two. I've got a boy that's 24 now and a daughter that's 20. And, um. I thought this was a great job. I mean, yeah, it was tough the, the first 24 hours away. Uh, of course, my husband, his dad's skills weren't the greatest. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> and that was, that was the first night they slept all through the night themselves when I went back to work. But um, but I thought it was great because I, so I worked 24 hours and then I'm off for two or 48. And then every time I would go, when the, the kids got old enough to be in school, I was at the, the schools volunteering, reading to kids and uh, I did a lot of the parent-teacher stuff at, at their schools, which I thought was very beneficial to me. Yes, that 24 hours was tough when they were babies and young, but um, I think I, it just grew accustomed for me to be at the schools when, when they were there and at their sports events when I could. So, We have uh, my daughters in choir, and they had a performance, and one of the police officers that was working the event, his son was performing so he got the the gig so he could see his son while working it just kind of things yes. like that just really are just <laughs> helpful and it helps so the, the, the department helps a lot with family i mean they're very supportive and if if you can 
get your truck to, if your truck's uh, in that vicinity where the kids are playing or doing their events, that uh, we are allowed to take the fire trucks within the city limits to to support our families in whatever they're doing. So oh, that I'm helps sure the kids absolutely love that. Uh, oh, yes, yep. <laughs> so when you're so out there fighting a fire, do women tend to do things different than men do? Because I know in other careers it seems like women tend to approach things differently. Do you find that that happens or? I haven't seen a lot. Now, uh, physical capabilities, there's a big difference between men and female, men and women. Um, but the women that I've seen that can do the job, they've learned to adapt. We do things differently physical-wise. Um, I think pretty much when you look at it at a strategic point of view, I think we're all pretty much on the same playing field on that. But Physical fitness-wise, we definitely, as females, have to do do jobs differently. Was that a challenge? Definitely. Having to keep up or being out of scene where there's a fire? And- you definitely always felt like you had to prove yourself, and I think a lot of the females still do. So uh, typically work out a lot, lift weights a lot, so we can hang in there and, and feel like we can do what we can. So, And, and it's not to say that we may have some uh, men and women that may not do the job physically as the best they can, but I think it's pretty even on male females. I mean, those that want to be here want to be here, and those that don't, you know, show up and kind of do what they can just to get by. So. Was it difficult going through the academy and, and passing all those physical challenges or not for you? Uh, so that wasn't too big of a challenge. So the, the female I came on with, uh, she and I became really good friends and kind of supported each other through the process. So now I, I could see if you're a female in an academy class by yourself, it'd be pretty rough. So, But, yeah, I think we all, like I say, you find those that want you to be there and you you work together and, and figure things out. So. When, when you're in the academy and you're having to do physical fitness, did the men have a certain standard and the women have another standard, or did you all have to do the exact same thing? Yeah, kind of like in golf, you have different tees. Was there <laughs> something like that? Or no? no, we all had the same standards, So and we still do today. It's no, it's gender, not gender specific, so we all do the same type of workouts. And do you think that's better? I think so. I think it really does. I mean, now uh, some of the... CrossFit things that we do, we do allow for them to, you know, different weights. And it doesn't male, female. You can go lower weights or higher weights depending on your body build Mm -hmm. because if you're just not structured, your body's not structured correctly, you can't throw 200 pounds around on a CrossFit uh, like a 300-pound football player can. So, And men are different too. Some men are way bigger than others. Yes, yeah. Now what about equipment? Because you're not that big. And I've always thought, gosh, that equipment is so heavy. Like, how would you work when you can barely move in the equipment? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's difficult. So they're they're now coming out with female-specific gear, which will help. Um, the, the carcinogen is a big thing. We talked about having a family, but uh, when our gear's not properly fitting, the women seem to absorb more carcinogens through their skin, and therefore they have a higher uh, miscarriage rate. So that's one concern with family. So now that we're getting more female-specific gear, it's protecting us better, protecting the growth of our families. Uh, But the equipment, I mean, you've just got to learn what you can handle. I like to say some men can pull a generator off by themselves, but some men can't. So you just got to learn when to ask for help and and things like that. So like I say, you you find those gracious few that understand that it's better to have help than to risk injury. I think one of the most fascinating things about firefighters just in general is when you see something's on fire, you want to run away from it. 
but firefighters run into it. What's it like going into a burning building? Yeah, it's great. It's a great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly, I mean, your adrenaline's pumping, and I think it's both uh, on men and women. Your, your adrenaline's, every, every time that drop hits, your adrenaline goes up, you run to the truck, you know somebody's having a bad day and you want to be there to help. So most of the thing is just you want to help people. Um, but when you get on the scene and you see fire coming out of a building, there's nothing better uh, to me than to get ready, pull that hose line and get ready to go in and possibly search for, you know, those victims that may still be inside or even the animals that may still be inside. Okay, so. so we want to hear one of those stories. What's your, your favorite story of going into a burning house and maybe were you able to get some children out or some pets out or... So we uh, we had a good, nice little house fire just not too far off Sheridan, uh, south of Sheridan here. So uh, it was an older gentleman. Uh, he had had fallen trying to get out of his house. I think I believe he was smoking in bed. Uh, we were able to, the crews were able to get him outside and uh, they're doing CPR in the front yard. And I can remember, so we had the crews that search and rescue, they began CPR. The fire crews were still going in. Uh, the victim's uh, daughter rolled up on scene, and it was an elderly man, and she just did not want us to do CPR just because of his age and his sickness that he had prior. Um, so she was yelling and screaming in the front yard, pulling the firefighters off, and basically we, I mean, you can't stop, stop CPR unless you have a DNR, and she was unable to produce a DNR. So uh, they were able to resuscitate him, and they got him to live, got him to the hospital, and he lived for about two two days and then passed, but... That was kind of one of the things that have stuck stuck in my mind on a fire scene that, you know, you're trying to do your best and the, the families working against the you. victims of families wanting to, to mm-hmm. for you to stop. So. Speaking of families, this is a really horrible, morbid story. But oh, thank you, April. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to some fun stuff in a second. But so my stepsister, her house got on fire and she had two little kids and they went to be together. And they were hiding in the house together, and firefighters weren't able to find them. Mm. And they died in that fire, hiding. Yeah, that's oh terrible. My, my stepsister still talks about them like they're still alive. It messed her up oh, I bet. so badly. Well, we find that with a lot of people that that's hide. Terrible. So, yeah, I, I'd made, not too long after I was on downtown, made a fire where uh, a brother had gone in to help his uh, invalid sister down the stairs and they got stuck on the stairs and they were there together. So that happens more than you actually really realize. It seems like a lot of people run in to get their pets and that's when I knew a guy in high school and that's how he passed as he ran back in to get his dog. It's crazy. People just don't realize how how fast you can be overcome by the smoke. It's not, a lot of time it's not the flames that get you, it's the the smoke and the lack of oxygen that's inside. Oh, one of the most horrible stories that we ever covered, Janet's when you and I were at the TV station. Remember when there was that fire at the Royal Arms Apartments? Oh, yes. And the woman was on the phone with 911 as she was dying, and you could hear the firefighters oh knock on the door, and then she went silent, oh, yeah. and yeah. she didn't make it. Was yeah. there ever a chance, uh, a time when you were in a fire and you weren't sure that you were going to make it out? Uh you know, I never really had that feeling, you know. I mean, we've been in some big fires, pretty hot fires, but I always felt like uh, when you're inside, there's so many people outside ready. We assign a crew just for rapid intervention in case something goes wrong. 
And on larger, like, building fires, we have several rapid intervention crews. So I always felt if there was any issues that there's what, there was members on the outside that were there and waiting, ready to come in and get, get me at any time if anything went bad. And don't like, you have gear on you that beeps so if they can't see you that they can hear? Yeah, so it's called a pass device, and every time we activate our um, SCBA, which is our breathing apparatus, um, if we lie still for any longer than 30 seconds, it'll start alarming. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. technology's come a long way oh, yes, as far yeah. as, yeah. I love the videos of um, when we're on the scene and we're taking, well, the TV stations are taking videos, and um, you guys have the little the kittens and the puppies and you're reviving them, doing the little CPR. <laughs> we do have CPR kits for pets. Well, yes, we do. That's it. so cool. <laughs> we actually save more than what you think. It's really impressive. So, yeah. What I'm curious about is um, when you're in a building that's burning, what is the vision like? Is it? Can you see, for the most part, what's in front of you? Is it all, like, orange? Does it go black? Is it all filled with smoke? It's usually How filled with smoke. How do you get smoke? around? It's dark. You go it's by really field. It's really dark. Yes, unless you're up by the flames. Um, when you first go in and it's not, flames aren't showing, the, the, the smoke bangs down in the houses and buildings that are closed up. So, yeah, you're just doing all by feel. No, no lights. We have flashlights, but they cut through the smoke very, very little. With winter coming up, you hear a lot of people have space heaters on, and that's how the fires start. Do you find that that's one of the biggest things that you guys discover? At this time of year, yeah, the those space heaters are pretty <laughs> – they, they cause a lot of the fires that we can respond to at this time of year. So a lot of it's smoking in bed that we see, and then some of it's candles that gets into the – the curtains. And you guys run into a lot of homes that maybe squatters are in and yes. you put your lives on the line and there's nobody in there. Yeah. We, well, the, the, we go in as thinking there could be somebody in there. We don't know if somebody's kids may be in there that may have been doing something they probably shouldn't have been doing. Um, or if there's a vagrant in there, we, any life is viable for us. So if it's all, if any conditions, we'll go in and search the building as, as quickly as we can. Do you have any kind of advice or thoughts for other women, no matter what field they're in, any type of male-dominated field, how to persevere? Just don't ever give up. <laughs> I for, for sure to go look, look into it before you sign up to make sure it's really what you want to do. Because I think if I would have looked into it a little more, I probably would not be here today. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but I am glad I'm here, and I persevered, and it, it's been a long journey for me, and I'm glad I've stuck it out because that's one thing I teach my kids. Once you start, don't ever give up on anything. So um, it's a great field, and I love it. It's got good benefits. Um, it's got good retirement, So, and it's been a fun. This is, It's been a little bit of hard going along the way, but once you build a family within here, this, it's like another family uh, to come to the department. And it's a good job, so I'd never change it for the world. Tell us about this National Fire Academy you went to, what that's all about. Uh, So the National Fire Academy, it's located in Emmett's, Maryland, and it's part of the Homeland Security and uh, FEMA group. So they have special specialized training there for investigations, leadership, um, emergency management classes. So I signed up for this leadership program, Executive Fire Officer, uh, about six years ago, and... um, 
It was a four-year program when I signed up, and it's all about leadership. Uh, So we started, they decided to revamp the program to a two-year, and then COVID hit, and they revamped again. So after six years, I finally graduated the leadership, and um, uh, actually some of the people I graduated with finished in 18 months. (laughs) Wow. So it was crazy, but um, it was a great class. It really, the first trip that I took out there was learning all about yourself as a leader uh, what your strengths and weaknesses are and how to better develop yourself. Ooh, that would be kind of hard. So it was. Good but hard. <laughs> yeah. you got to learn some truths about yourself. It like, was, Ugh. it was. And, and it's a lot of uh, interaction with your classmates. So you're in a class with about 20 people and learning about the, their journeys as a firefighter and telling them about your journey as a firefighter. Uh, and then the second class we went out, uh, it was more about community. So I had to go out and interview uh, people within uh, the churches and like the VFW, just to to get their perspective on how our fire department interacts with them, which was very eye opening. Um, and then the next one was about your department and how you can better your department and and what strengths you can bring back. And then this last one was of course the graduation and just basically putting it all together on on how to be be a better leader within the community and within. Uh, other entities with the within the city. Did you think that there were, did you learn anything that you were like, wow, we really need to bring that back to Tulsa? So things that you're going to incorporate. Yeah, so it's really kind of great. So when you go to this uh, the National Fire Academy, there's the, there's firefighters there from all over the nation. We had an individual from Hawaii. We have some Colorado, California, Florida. So it's really kind of see different to see what their problems are within their department and what they've done to benefit from those. So you bring their ideas and and use them here. Uh, so I, I was confronted about an individual about, you know, female facilities, and which we're, as Tulsa Department, we're kind of lacking a little bit. We're behind. Uh, but they're developing uh, lactose rooms for their okay. female firefighters, mm-hmm. which we do not have any here in the city. Uh, we've been fighting for them, but, uh, but they were like, well, what are you putting in a lactation room? I was like, whoa, I don't know. I didn't even <laughs> breastfeed my kids. <laughs> but, yeah, they're getting sinks. A chair. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all you need. A chair and a TV. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're putting refrigerators and sinks and because they were like, well, why can't you just do it in the bathroom? And they're like, well, yeah, but you're preparing food. And I was right. like, I never, I never thought about it like that. And I was like, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just say, I mean, put a chair in the bathroom. Back in the day, that's the only place you had. Right. Now, you can't talk about firefighters without talking about food. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is there a particular meal that maybe you make or made? What's the most popular dish that the... Across the Tulsa Fire oh, Department, gosh. is there a There's dish so that many. everyone's known for? <laughs> well, I didn't cook much because, luckily, I cooked. I worked with the district chief that that's that's all he wanted to do. Oh, hey. they didn't expect you to cook. Well, that's uh, good. Well, hey. now when you Perfect. first come on, you've got to cook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a rookie thing? It Get is. The rookie to yes, go cook dinner yes. And some of and those meals were terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe chicken fried steak was probably my best meal. So, and it's not the most healthiest. But <laughs> how does that? work where how many of you are together for a period of time and then how does it's like do you all sit down for dinner together and make it like a family meal yes yep and that's another reason it's such a family oriented job so uh, our smallest station will have a minimum of three people and our largest station which is downtown our rescue crews probably got at least 10 10 to 12 people 
So one of the trucks will go to the store in the morning. They'll buy stuff for lunch and they'll and stuff for dinner. And that crew will cook, whether it's one person or three people, depending on how they want to do it. And then you sit and eat lunch together and you sit and eat dinner together. So often I've been in the supermarket and I've seen at least two firefighters walking up and down the aisles together, getting all of their stuff. And yep. you're like, oh, so that really does happen. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're on the trucks, we're never by, you'll typically never see one by ourselves. We always go in twos with, we always, our when we go into a burning building, you always go two in, and you have to have two out. So in case those pers- people inside go down, you have two people to go in and save you. But, of course, with Tulsa, we're such a big big department. We get people on scene pretty quickly. So, But we always, if you'll see us in the stores, we're typically two of us together. Do you think we'll ever have a female fire chief anytime soon? I don't know. That would be you. Would that be something you would like to do? So I interviewed for this last time for the fire chief's position. I got into the top three. So <sighs> after looking at it, I, I was probably not ready for the role. So um, I don't know. I've I've got a few more years left. We'll see how long uh, Chief Baker stays and and how long I want to stay. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, but the thing the thing is with females on the job. So I'm the only deputy, and the only next rank is lieutenant that we have females in. So I'm trying to encourage some of our females to come up through the promotional process. But I feel like it's a little bit harder, especially when some of the females have families. It's hard to study. I mean, you're studying six to eight months, uh, twelve hours a day for some of our promotional exams. And a lot of females just don't want to commit to that type of time. I I couldn't imagine having that much time to myself to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say to girls coming up in the world that think, you know, I might want to try that? I say definitely give it a try. Come come see, do some ride-alongs with us, um, figure out if this is what you want to do, visit some of our fire stations. but, yeah, it's a job that can definitely be done by females. Well, I think I'll leave the, uh, leave the firefighter battling to you. Uh, we'll keep our jobs. We'll let you go <laughs> to the burning building. So we appreciate you coming in and being candid with us. Oh, great. No problem. <laughs> I enjoyed it. All right. And make sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time on Oklahoma Women Want to Know. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.